0: This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media's podcasts and other student work at garnetmedia.org. Welcome to the Squawk episode 5. We're back, baby. We are back for the summer and I I could not be more excited. Um unfortunately, Stephen Pastis will not be joining us this Rest week. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Stephen. Uh he's doing an internship this summer and he can't publish content for other newspapers which includes the Daily Gamecock and our podcast network thing. Uh so We're going to be without him for the summer. Uh, The way things are going to work around here for June and July is that I will be hosting by myself with a guest uh, every other week, uh, and we're going to release on Wednesdays, as you can see by this episode being released on a Wednesday. So hopefully we'll be a little bit more timely with new releases and stuff since we will be releasing on Friday after most things come out the previous Friday. But uh, I still think We're going to have a really great time. Um, So we'll be promoting on social media. We'll be keeping you up to date with any changes. But for the summer, it's just me, just Noah, and just a guest. So I would like to introduce our first guest of the summer. Hello. Max White. Uh, He is currently the news editor uh, for the Daily Gamecock for the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, And also a news writer slash co-news editor um, of what he was last semester.
1: Everything news
0: everything news, but, um, Max and I actually met, uh, because he texted me, or Instagram DM'd me, as he's known to do, master sliding into DMs, (laughs) um, long story, and, uh, about Nomadland, I think it was. Yeah, I was writing a a Nomadland piece. My,
1: my first article, uh, oh, One Night in Miami, and I published that, and I think I, I sent it to you and was like, what do you think about this? I think you just said it was mostly just a summary of the movie and not much else. So then I think you asked, I asked you to look over the Land one. Yeah. Which, um, I think I'm still pretty proud of that, that review. But, uh, yeah,
0: I like movies, so I do that
1: on the side, write about them every now and then.
0: Um, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know we love movies. (laughs) Um, if you are new to this podcast, uh, we do talk about other stuff. This is a Daily Gamecock journalism podcast, so... Um, we're just kind of reorienting, reorienting ourselves for the new season, uh, um, kind of what we're going to be doing here. And for the summer, while Steven is away on his internship, I have taken over the reins of arts and culture editor, uh, in addition to doing a little bit of the social stuff I was doing before. So I will be providing the content updates at the top of the pod on what's coming out this week. Um, this week, uh, I am not writing anything. Well actually I have a Top Gun Maverick review coming out. Um no reporting for me this week. But next week I have a piece about jazz. So
1: Oh cool. Yeah.
0: That's that's gonna be fun. Um I got to see this uh thing called Cola Jazz, which is like the Columbia Jazz Foundation and they uh are doing this series at this restaurant called Burmid Restaurant, where for every like Jack Daniels you buy there, uh it puts money towards their like outreach program where they like go to hospitals and like play music for elderly patients and it's it's a really cool program so you can look out for that next week but this week Topka maverick review um amanda our copy editor for the summer is also writing a review this week of harry styles new album uh harry's house and she has some uh controversial takes that i think might ruffle some feathers so i won't spoil that i think that's coming out thursday or friday um but definitely read that because she does some some good lyrical analysis in there and uh, I think it's a pretty fun piece, but did it you might, might piss people off. No, I did not listen to it. You <laughs> <Me> neither. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it probably doesn't uh, take a lot to guess that uh, we are not Harry Styles fans based on who we are and what we sound like and what we talk like, but that's, that's okay. You know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, no, he was great in uh, Dunkirk. He was great in Dunkirk, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited for Don't Worry Darling. Have you seen the trailer for that? I have not. It's like him and Florence Pugh, it's directed by Olivia Wilde, and it kind of it kind of looks like some weird, trippy, Stepford Wives-esque thing, like little little 70s thriller vibes, but like a 50s aesthetic, you know? So that he, he can't be, or
1: he's not going to be in the uh, Nosferatu movie, The Eggers? <laughs> he pulled out of that at like the last second. Yeah. They renewed that with Ani Taylor-Joy, but...
0: She's playing Nosferatu? I don't know what she was doing, but... Um... I bet she's playing Nosferatu. Mm that's honestly good casting she has like good like bone structure for it weird face yeah
1: very unique
0: yeah um but the reporting piece we have coming out this week for arts is uh audrey who was a previous guest on this podcast friend of the pod as we like to say here um she wrote this piece for one of her classes but we're uh releasing it in daily Gamecock for the summer because it's really good and we're allowed to so why not um it's about, like, art vending machines, so basically there's this company called, or these machines called Artomats, which are, like, you take, like, a, like an old cigarette dispenser and you make it so that instead it, like, dispenses out a piece of art that's, like, roughly the size of a pack of a cigarette, mm-hmm. um, and they're all around the country, and, like, artists make a little bit of money from doing it, and she talked to some of the artists that are involved and some of the people that kind of facilitate this this thing, and um i thought the funniest bit of the article was when she said that like some people who actually want cigarettes from those things think they still sell cigarettes and they're like what the hell is this <laughs> and then uh then they get the piece of art and somebody explains it to them like oh that's cool and they're like i still want cigarettes though can't but... smoke this. <laughs> <You> can't <laughs> smoke this who knows maybe somebody will make artsy cigarettes and put them in there i could work um it's like have you ever like had like herbal cigarettes? It's like what they use on like film sets to. I've
1: had the candy cigarettes. I remember buying those when I was yeah. ten and
0: feel really edgy. Herbal cigarettes smell awful. <laughs> Let me just tell you that. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Normal
1: cigarettes. I don't. I don't know. If you I mean, they
0: they don't smell good either. But herbal cigarettes truly are awful. Like you breathe in that smoke and you feel like you want to puke immediately. I don't know who would smoke those with no nicotine unless you were just trying to look cool. But I guess it's useful for. For filmmaking so and that's kind of what we're all about um other other stuff we got coming up max what's what's news up to this week or yeah next week?
1: so uh, uh tyler fedor he was uh currently not on the summer staff but he's a managing editor actually was the news editor when i joined news uh he's been publishing uh, a piece from one of his classes about five points uh businesses how they're doing and sort of how they're dealing with the uh, inflation and uh, you know, rising costs and things like things like that. So I'm um, looking forward to to publishing that. I had fun time reading it. And then uh, I'm currently working on a piece. It's not coming out this week. It'll come out next week on um, just free things to do in Columbia over the summer. Because I mean, God knows, I need free things to do because uh, yeah. I don't like spending money. Um, but uh, it's cool. Um, talked to a, a lot of people from the parks around the area uh the uh i don't know if everyone knows this but the um city museums the south carolina state museum and the columbia museum of art are free on the first thursday of every month and uh you know some other uh times around the year so uh, i got to talk with some museum people too and just uh i don't know uh save a buck and go walk around outside for a couple hours instead of paying for food or something so it'll be fun uh, hopefully people get to, you know, save some money and do some fun things from reading the piece, so.
0: Yeah, I know, I could save money, (laughs) for sure. Um, I did, like, a little, like, budgeting thing before the summer started, um, when I got back from Boston last week, and I was like, I am getting a Costco membership, I am never eating out, I'm never doing any of this, because I realized I suck at saving money, um, and I really need to get better at it if I want to be able to, like, do the things I wanna do in a couple of years. I gotta actually build up some savings. So this summer I am I'm grinding here at Daily Gamecock, grinding at my other job and trying to do free things. But um the best bang for your buck in Columbia and anywhere in the country is getting a Regal Pass for $18 a month. Not sponsored content, <laughs> I promise. But Eighteen bucks to go to as many movies as you want every. Eighteen month. a month. Eighteen a month. Uh, did yeah. you see
1: the the tweet where it was a guy went into the movies? Uh, or no, he he parked, went into the movie theater, got a huge thing of popcorn, then left. Apparently, there are like movie theater passes where you can spend like fifty bucks a year and then get unlimited popcorn. That sounds like something I want to do. Just go and buy some popcorn, and watch a movie at home.
0: Yeah, that's. Honestly, I've, try- I've tried making, like, the movie theater butter popcorn at home. It's just, it's not the It's same. not
1: the same. It's got yeah. to be, like, the five-day-old, I don't know, just crunch. Yeah. Everything's got to be, you know, just spending 15 bucks on popcorn, there's something special about
0: it. <laughs> uh, I always try to get all my friends to go with me to the movies because they'll move me for the ticket, right? But when I buy it on the Regal Pass, it gives me rewards points. <laughs> and so if I bring, like, six of my friends, I get enough rewards points that I can get a free popcorn and soda. Yeah, Northman, you packed us in there. It was, yeah. like, six people? You... No, I, it was more than that. It was, like, ten. <laughs> uh, the the couple times I've done that were No Time to Die. Last fall, I brought, like, ten friends. The Northman, I brought, like, ten friends. Um, Top Gun last week, I brought a couple friends. Uh, I always try to bring as many people as I can so that I get <laughs> the rewards points, and get free popcorn soda, and Steven was looking at the Regal Pass last week, so he's thinking about getting it, and he, like, texted me, and was like, now I see why you want everybody to to come to the movies with you, because you're just trying to scam us for free popcorn, and I was like, damn, y'all found me out, (laughs) um, but, you know, it is what it is, AMC has one like that, too, but it's not as good, it's like three movies a week, which is fine for most people, but, um... For most people, yeah, but I also don't like AMC. The only reason I would do it is because AMC has Coke instead of Pepsi. Um, but when I go to Regal, I get Sierra Mist anyway, so it doesn't matter. Really yeah,
1: but AMC matter. has the uh, the intro clip, right? Or is that Regal? The Nicole Kidman intro, yeah, yeah that's that, AMC. Yeah, I mean that's that's worth it. Have
0: you s- you've seen all the memes of people like saluting it and like reciting the intro? Like it's a cult. Cracks me up. <laughs> what makes no sense about that ad to me is that. You're already in the movie theater, and she's advertising to you how great the movies are. It's like... Well, the, the Nick does that, too. Remember they had the
1: five-minute intro clip? yeah. Where it was oh, just like, yeah. the movies are back, baby? And it's I, like, I had like it's two like, of those. It's like
0: three minutes of just Interstellar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, the Nick must really love
1: Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a cool movie. I really need to see that in theaters one day.
0: Oh, dude. During... Okay, height of the pandemic, like, the first summer of 2020 uh one of the movie theaters by my house is like just to stay open it was doing like reruns at limited capacity of old movies or whatever for like five bucks a ticket and i saw like interstellar on like their biggest biggest screen it was like massive it was almost IMAX size even though it wasn't so i saw that there i saw dunkirk there uh, that's dope. um i saw saving private ryan so like a lot of a lot of other movies too i saw footloose for the first time i saw american sniper for the first time all on the big screen and like getting to see those movies again on the big screen was awesome no
1: i need to one i might just like just uh i don't know just uh give up and just rent out a, a theater or something and just watch interstellar in it because i know you can do that i don't know how expensive it is but i just really need to see that movie
0: on the big screen that's how i feel about 2001 there's, like, some movies where I I know I need to see them, but I'm going to wait until it's, like, an anniversary and, like, they bring it back at a theater because, like, Lawrence of Arabia is one where it's, like, a four-hour movie and, like, it's, like, everybody talks about the spectacle and how amazing it looks. And I'm, like, yeah, I could sit in front of my TV for four hours, but I don't feel like I'm really going to get sucked in unless I'm, like, at the theater for mm-hmm. four hours watching this, like, huge, like... What's they call it? Like back then, it was like Technoscope or whatever, where it's like even wider than widescreen. They mm-hmm. did it a lot in the '60s. Like your TV can't really do that justice. So I heard
1: that with Irishmen a lot. I remember a lot of people were just being like, "I wish the movies were open so I could just like get immersed with this three and a half hour movie." Because I mean, it's hard to do that when you're at home and with you have so your many distractions. Phone and yeah. yeah.
0: I, well, The Irishman came out pre-COVID, but the problem was it was a Netflix movie, so they yeah. they released it in theaters, but only in like New York and L.A. So that it would yeah, qualify yeah, yeah. for an Oscar run. That's the only reason they did it. Mm. I'm very I'm very much hoping that The Killer, David Fincher's new movie, um, comes out in theaters because it's a Netflix movie. I think it will because Mank did. Um, and then uh, what's their other big movies? Knives Out too. They did confirm will be in theaters, okay. even though it's Netflix. Um, so I think, you know, Netflix, they had like that whole like quarterly earnings thing where the whole bunch of investors pulled out cause like they, for the first time they had like a huge loss. I'm just so glad I'm not
1: paying for that. It's like 20 bucks a month now. There's no yeah, way.
0: Yeah. I just use my dad's account. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no, I think I, I was paying for my own and then I canceled it cause like there's no way I'm paying for this. But the, it's on my, uh, my parents TV at home. So I guess my dad must've renewed it or something cause yeah. he was trying to watch movies. So. Uh, I don't know, man. Could talk about Netflix forever. I've seen so many stuff about that.
0: Um yeah, what else have you been watching lately? Obviously Netflix, Stranger Things came out, which I did watch. Are you a fan of Stranger Things?
1: I watched the the first season in ninth grade. I remember I watched it in the span of like forty eight hours and I loved it, and then for some reason I just haven't gotten back to it. I've I, heard it's kinda of lost the like kids touch type thing where it's like way more bigger, so I don't know if I would enjoy it as much now. Yeah.
0: I think I, what I always say to people, and my friend Evan, who will probably be on this podcast one day, will disagree because he loves season three, but season one just, like, captures something very, very magical. It's like, you know, that spielberg Stephen King, like, wonder and horror at the same time type deal that that's is That's what, uh, you know the, so first, awesome.
1: the first It movie? Yeah. Not, not the the TV one, but that's what I loved about that movie so much. The, the scene where they're just, like, throwing rocks at each other. Yeah. And it's just, like, they're hanging out in the, um... And, like, the sewer lake thing, and they're just being Mm -hmm. kids. That's what I loved about that movie more than the horror. And Stranger Things really uh, felt the same way to me. Yeah,
0: it feels like Stranger Things Season 1 feels like just the, the kids and even the adults hanging out. And, like, this, like, evil force starts to creep into their lives, like, slowly. And they try to figure it out, and they don't really understand it. And there's a lot of, like, mystery and intrigue, and that's kind of what incites the horror. But there's still the tension of, like, Will being in the upside down or whatever and Mm -hmm. i think that really really works well and then season two still captures that vibe really well they're still young enough obviously adds more characters it becomes a little bit bigger it's kind of like how like aliens is like as a sequel to alien is like they just added more of the thing like that's kind of what stranger things season two feels like but i i still don't think it over explained everything or made it too much about the plot where it hurt it and then season three I was like, okay, this is just, like, turning into, like, a fetch quest. It's just, like, we just got to go from one objective to the next. It's, like, national treasure. It's, like, <laughs> which I love, by the way. I love national treasure, but that's not what I want from Stranger Things. It's, like, one clue to the next. It's, like, a Nancy Drew mystery, you know. It And it kind of just lost the magic for me. Like, it became less about the vibes, even though the aesthetics are, were still amazing. They also turned it from... Yeah, they just it wasn't character-driven anymore. And I think the best example of that in Season 3 is Hopper, who they turn into an absolute caricature. He's just not even a character anymore. Mm. He's just the dude who runs around and yells. It's very annoying. Season 4, though, which just came out, first seven episodes, the last two come out in July because they're, like, movie-length, each one of them. Um, so that's why... What are your, what's your opinion on, on movie-length TV episodes? I don't hate it, um, if it feels justified. But okay. I don't feel like that many shows do it.
1: Like, I don't know, but at the same time, I mean, Obi-Wan, I, it, it released the first two, and they're both hour-length, so it's not its like not technically movie-length, but it pretty much is, because you're probably going to watch it back-to-back, back, so... Yeah. I'm always curious people's opinions on hour-and-a-half TV episodes that are usually supposed to like 45 minutes, so...
0: Like, a good example is, I think Stranger Things, because it's like such a... I don't know. Something about Stranger Things that doesn't feel bad that they made the episodes really long... Um, especially since it's so far in the show's run, and it really mm-hmm. feels like they're, you know, if they're gonna go big, like, go big seriously. I saw that the budget is crazy per episode, so. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's on screen. It does look incredible, um, I will say that. There are some sequence, CGI sequences that are a little iffy, but, like, that's, that's every show, so I'm not gonna complain that much about that, um, yeah and i i think that the way they ended the season was really good i think episode four is probably the best episode um uh the girl that plays uh max um sadie sink is really good um she, her next movie i looked it up i tweeted this because i was curious and oh, gotta uh, plug the twitter yeah gotta plug the twitter and her next movie is darren aronofsky's the whale starring brendan Fraser. Uh, where Brendan Fraser's gonna play, like, a 600-pound man. Dude, I love <laughs> Brendan Fraser just randomly showing up in movies. <laughs> so, I'm very excited for that. He, the Fraser is upon us, man. He was in No Sudden Move. Yeah, no, I just um, loved it. I was like,
1: yo, is that the dude from those movies I
0: watched as a kid? Yeah. Um, I watched. I actually watched The Mummy Returns last night, and it was pff, garbage. But I remember uh, he was I in... I love um, the first
1: Mummy. I remember he was in uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah, yeah, about, yeah. I was obsessed with... Journey to the Center of the Earth, the the original novel as a kid, I remember watching that movie on on repeat. And then I'm just like, all of a sudden, like, ten years later, being like, yo, what is this guy still doing in
0: movies? But, I mean, he he kills it, so. I remember when I was in, like, third grade, this, my school, which was a pretty small school, did, like, a movie day where every single grade level was, like, showing a different movie, and you could, like, choose which classroom you wanted to go to, depending on which movie you wanted to see. (laughs) I think it was, like, the week before summer break, so, you know, the schools are doing, like, weird, fun shit. And I remember one of them was showing Journey to the Center of the Earth, which I hadn't seen and didn't know about, but it just sounded cool to me. I was like, I want to go see Journey to the Center of the Earth. And they was, like, playing in, like, the sixth grade classroom, and my third grade teacher was like, no, absolutely not. You cannot <laughs> go see that. You're going to stay here, and we're watching Happy Feet. And oh, I was like, well, what the hell? I don't want to watch Happy Feet. Happy Feet's another one. I, remember, that I probably is, saw that, that hundred times. one of the only movies I've ever walked out of. And obviously I was like six, so it wasn't my (laughs) choice. But my parents were like, we can't take this anymore. And they walked out of Happy Feet. Isn't that like critically acclaimed? Maybe I'm just misremembering. Yeah, it is. It's a George Miller movie. It's like pretty, pretty well beloved, but my parents hated it. So they walked out of it. The one time I ever wanted to do that was um,
1: they released a, a Slenderman movie like five years ago. That's the, like, I've seen bad movies before. Well, like it's like a fun bad movie, but that movie I was just bored, and it was only like ninety minutes, but so I was just not. That's the only time I just wanted to walk out. I didn't because I was like, you know, gotta get your
0: gotta get your money's worth. But the most I I never walk out of movies in the theater. The the closest I've ever like come recently to just like shutting off a movie in the middle because I was so bored, not because I didn't have time or whatever, was this movie called The Host, starring not not the Bong Joon Ho movie, um, this movie that came out like twenty thirteen. Starring Saoirse Ronan that's, like, based on, like, a YA novel series. Kind of like a Hunger Games dystopian-type bullshit deal. Um, I hate that whole genre. (laughs) I was only watching it because a podcast I listened to was covering it um, that week. And it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. (laughs) Like, even... I was like William Hurt's in this movie. I'll at least like it a little bit. Even him, even he's wasted. Like I, I literally can't tell you. I watched the entire thing and I can't tell you a single thing that happened in that movie because <laughs> it's so boring. Just everything is so flat and like uncinematic. I, it, it's really indescribable. Like why that movie is so boring, but it is. Um, Stranger Things, uh, thumbs up for me. So maybe I'll, I'll go back and, and watch it.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's worth your time. Okay. I've been uh, binge-watching uh, British Breaking Bad, I think, in the early, early May, which, uh, I don't know, You have you started Breaking Bad yet? You binge-watched Ozark, right? Yeah, okay. I keep saying
0: that because I'm, like, I've committed a crime against humanity and haven't watched Breaking Bad, but <laughs> um, I will. That'll be the next TV show I watch. It's just, like, whenever I binge a TV show, it's so hard for me to, like, get the energy to binge another tv show like right after it so Mm -hmm. i'll probably wait a little bit and then when i get the when i get the itch again i'll watch breaking bad i don't know if it'll ever everybody's like you're gonna love it and it's gonna be your favorite tv show of all time no cap and (laughs) i don't know if it'll pass twin peaks but um i'm excited and the reason i want to watch it is honestly not because i want to watch breaking bad because better call Saul. it's because i want to watch better call Saul. but i know i should watch breaking bad first but i love courtroom dramas and, like, lawyer movies and stuff, so I know I'll fucking love Better Call Saul.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm getting caught up on that for Season 6 right now, and it's, uh, it's cool. I don't know. Better Call Saul is is a lot slower than Breaking Bad, so you sort of have to change your expectations, but... Yeah. Yeah, Season 6, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting caught up and watching the rest of that, so...
0: You haven't watched Obi-Wan, right?
1: I have not. I've, I've heard things about it. I don't know, I was yeah. super hyped about it, but I just
0: haven't gotten around to it. It's, uh... It's bad. I'm gonna be honest. The first two episodes were, were pretty, pretty they 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 landed like a wet fart, I'm not gonna lie. Um I don't I it's hard for me to even describe what's bad about it. It's just like I heard there was a ten year old and people don't like them, or there's
1: a kid character. Yeah, yeah. Star young, Wars has been doing that way too much. It's
0: young Leia is okay. the kid character. And it's like she's essentially like Grogu in the Mandalorian. Yeah, no,
1: they also did that, um, I love Clone Wars, so I watched that. And then uh, the same guys that did Clone Wars did a Bad Batch, which is a sort of a continuation, the same sort of animated style. And they have another kid character that they have to take care of. Yeah. So I don't know if they've just run out of ideas or what. I mean, it's not the the worst sort of uh, trope they can do, but it's just kind of getting tired. Because, like,
0: yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a tired trope, but like I wouldn't even say that's the worst part about the Obi-Wan show, I just feel like there's no stakes in it. Like Mm. watching it, I just didn't ever feel like excited or any tension. Like it's, it's really cringy when like the quote unquote main villain of the season comes in and like the opening scene and introduces himself and does like a whole speech about rumors. That is basically the exact same as the Hans Landa speech from the beginning of Inglorious Bastards. But instead it's a guy in Star Wars making up saying it and there's no tension at all. So it's just completely boring. Like it, I, I don't know. It's just, like, not that well-directed. Like, I retweeted this tweet, again, plugging the Twitter, which was hilarious, which was like, Star Wars is so cinematic. Like, blah, 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 blah. And obviously they're being sarcastic. And it's the opening shot of um, Obi-Wan, where this isn't really spoilers, because something that happens in episode three. And it's like a classroom in the Jedi Temple when it gets, like, when all the young Jedi get wiped out by the stormtroopers or whatever in Order 66, which, mm-hmm. given recent events... Great way to start the show, guys. Oh, God. Um, Stranger Things also did that, by the way. Stranger Things Season 4 also opens with violence in a classroom. So, I don't know. Art reflects reality, I guess. Um, It's, like, this very elegant shot of, like, the kids, like, practicing there. Or I don't even know if it's elegant. I think it's just, like, the camera's down on a tripod it's the kids playing. You just see them. It's like pretty flat, but you're like, okay, whatever. And then the stormtroopers come in and then the camera starts violently shaking. And it's like, (laughs) it's just the, it just looks so cheap and like not thought out. I don't know. It's like, there wasn't like, sometimes single take is not good. And that's one of those cases where you're just trying too hard. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I can see you thinking in your head, this is going to look so sick. Like this shot is going to be awesome. And it just doesn't look that good. Um, I don't know if that's just because the production design is cheap, which a lot of it actually looks pretty good, because they use that, like, stagecraft shit that, like, I'm better Batman Disney's be. Disney used. better be, you know. Yeah, but then again, look like at Marvel, those movies all look like hot garbage, so, I don't know. Um, I really don't think the special effects team got to finish Doctor Strange in some parts. I mean, I like that movie, but there are some parts <clears> that look <throat> a little whack. I don't know, I feel like that's just the Marvel...
1: I remember, uh, this is sort of a throwback, but I remember, uh, do you remember the, the um, Final Fight and uh, Black Panther. Oh, yeah. looks like a PS2 video oh game. Oh, my God.
0: Black Panther, th- most overrated Marvel movie of all time. That movie... I, I don't if, know. if I think most Marvel movies look like look like crap, Black Panther is, like, the king of... Did the special effects team even, like, get remotely close to finishing this movie? Because it looks so bad.
1: No, I mean, I I, I get the Black Panther hype. And it, I remember it was nominated for Best Picture. Oh, so. my God. <sighs> The know. fact
0: that Black Panther was the <laughs> action movie that got nominated for Best Picture over Mission Impossible Fallout is an absolute travesty. That, that has to well, be the I, only. Like... I I dare anybody to go out there and watch Mission Impossible Fallout and Black Panther back to back, and you if you can genuinely think that <laughs> Black Panther is the better movie, then just. Please stop, stop talking about movies for the rest of your life.
1: There were a couple times in Endgame too where I was like, "Wow, I mean, this is cool, but like, this looks like a like a three sixty game. I don't know." Yeah, exactly. It's so a, I don't know. It I looks just, like
0: video game graphics. It's I, I just, So bad.
1: With with Marvel, I'm just like, they're making these movies in like six months or whatever. Like, I'll forgive a couple.
0: I don't know a couple CGI. You know, I feel like whatever. the actors don't even know what movie they're in. <laughs> they're just like, "All right, Marvel's like, all right, we got another shoot. Here's your lines. We're not gonna tell you what script it's for because we're so like." lock and key secret about everything so i uh, just show up and read them and we'll edit the entire movie around you i don't know i mean i loved uh uh the doctor strange
1: multiverse of madness just because i mean the sam raiminess of it yeah yeah I mean, no was... I,
0: I liked it too it's in my top yeah. years so far but um it still has the problems that all other marvel movies have it's just like they're sli- it's slightly redeemed by you know the, the the horror aspects and the kind of interesting. no i loved it i visual mean visual stuff
1: even I don't know maybe if they just get like some terrible maybe they get like an M Night Shyamalan Marvel movie I I would probably like it more than
0: some of the more generic ones cuz at least he'll do something different. Hey don't with it. don't shit on my boy M Night. <laughs> all right? Okay. He's made a lot of good movies. There are some stinkers, but he's kind of on a run right now. He made Split, um Glass and Old, which I I, like, I have I've like, heard
1: terrible things of Old.
0: I haven't seen it. But... I like all three of those movies. Okay. No, Old is good. Old is good. Okay. People who don't like old are dumb. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's true. Old is good.
1: Um, I don't know. They, you just got to get new inventive directors in those Marvel movies because
0: right. they're, they're really lacking just anything different. Okay. Uh, we've kind of caught up on what we've been watching. I want to do a little bit of a recap of what we've been you know, interested in recently since we haven't made an episode since uh, April because we had May off and we will have August off too for the most part. I think maybe the last week of August we'll have an episode up. Um, but those are kind of the break months for Daily Gamecock in the year, so, uh, we're not gonna, you know, go out on a limb on our own and just publish for no reason. Um, so, we're done with that, and let's get to our two actual reviews for the day. Um, first up, we both saw a recent movie from writer-director Alex Garland, who made Annihilation and Ex Machina and wrote... Wait, right, so, what do you think about Annihilation? Annihilation I like, I don't love. I just thought that movie was so overrated. Same with Ex Machina. The the people that like Annihilation but complain that Men is too pretentious, aka everybody on (laughs) Letterboxd. Those people I really don't understand because Annihilation feels like the most pretentious movie of all time, especially in the last twenty minutes. And Men, I just thought was like all killer, no filler.
1: No, Annihilation thinks it's uh, like two thousand one with the ending, where it just does a bunch of weird stuff for like thirty minutes. Yeah,
0: but I'm not. I couldn't. I'm sure smarter people than me have written great pieces <laughs> on Annihilation and yeah, yeah, why yeah. it's brilliant or why what the ending means <laughs> or why it works. I'm just too dumb to understand it, so, so I yeah. didn't like it. Um, so it's possible, but if you want to talk about pretentious, that's definitely the more pretentious of his movies. I haven't seen Ex Machina. Oh, you haven't? No.
1: So I like it, but at the same time, I just remember IGN, which, you know, not known for the movie reviews or whatever, but just remember they, they put it at number one uh, for best movie of the 2010s, uh, and uh, I don't know. That's just, it feels like a, have you seen Black Mirror? Yeah. It just feels like a Black Mirror episode. It's cool, but I mean, the people love that movie. Yeah. I think Men's probably my favorite of the Alex Garland's movies so far, so.
0: Even the stuff he's written, I'd say it's my favorite so far that I've seen. Um, No, 28 Days Later is is better. He wrote that, right? Yeah, he did. 28 Days Later is great. I like Men a little bit more, but maybe I'll have to go back and watch 28 Days Later. There's this one movie that I really want to watch. Uh, that he wrote called Never Let Me Go with Kira Knightley and Carey Mulligan. And apparently it's about like cloning mm. and it's very like, it's sci-fi, but it's very like down to earth, mm. like human story, you know, and I'm, I'm really interested in that. So I definitely want to get around to watching that, but thought your thumbs up on men.
1: No, I liked it a lot. It's probably, probably top three of the year so far for me. Um, Same. It, it was really beautiful, um, cinematography and it was also pretty scary, and, um, I don't know, the people that call it pretentious, I don't really get it, because I saw it with my girlfriend, and, like, she usually really hate. I don't know, she, like, never gets scared about movies, she watches horror movies, just, like, when she's eating breakfast and things like that, and she was just, like, freaking out at that movie, and then at the end, she was, like, you know, acting like it really spoke to her and things like that, so, I don't know, I, I would, if anyone would call it pretentious, it would be her, and she really liked it, so...
0: Yeah, I I kind of agree. I think the people that are calling it pretentious are maybe looking a little too much into it. It's, a, it's a horror movie. Come I, on, man. Yeah, which I know is like a like a dumb thing to say, but like really, it's not. I don't think it's trying to be that profound. Like if you're like, oh yeah, I get it, Alex. Like all men are the same, or like <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, that kind of is just like surface level like if there's a deeper meaning sure that's it and it's pretty easy to figure out even from the trailer that that's what the meaning is but the I movie mean the title yeah but but the mo- but the movie is really not about like the deeper meaning it doesn't want you to get your enjoyment of the movie from the deeper meaning mm-hmm. it wants you to get the enjoyment from like all the crazy visceral imagery that happens dude that that like tunnel minutes.
1: scene that's also in the trailer
0: yeah let's just say right here it's we're gonna spoil it okay you can talk about spoilers
1: dude the tunnel scene is just so cool because i remember watching that I saw the the trailer where she does the tunnel thing, probably like three times because I've been going to the movies recently. And then actually seeing it, what it's like in the movie is just so cool. And then at the ending when the the guy gets up and she starts running, and it's like, oh shoot, is she gonna like? And then she uh, she's gonna get lost, and then she does get lost. And I don't know, that was pretty scary. And then also what what I really liked is that there are times in horror movies where it's almost a trope where the characters are just dumb. Uh, or they just like split up for no reason. They use a knife once and then drop it. And I felt like every time that was going to happen, she like did the right thing because she calls the cops when the guy comes in, which is like like I kept on saying call the cops. She did that, and then like she texts her friend, and then oh, and then the um, she's calling her friend and like it breaks up or whatever. And I was just like just text her, and she like actually texts her. So it was sort of, just sort of sort of cool to see smart horror movie protagonist for once
0: yeah and it's definitely like it's like kind of like the shining or it's like they're kind of by themselves so you can't Mm -hmm. really like fault them for the decisions they make too because Mm -hmm. there's no like there's nobody around to help them so like they're just doing what they can with what they have you know so yeah i think that was a really strong part of the movie um I could definitely see some chuckleheads going in and be like, "She should have just left the second she saw a creepy guy." Like blah blah. blah. It's like okay, well then you don't. You have know what a, they, they Then you they, don't have a
1: movie. <laughs> no, I mean they also have like a conversation where the friends like, "No, you, you can't you can't give this up. You you know whatever. Yeah, you went through all this. This is your time You're supposed to relax." So I mean, at least they address that.
0: So right. I don't know. I thought that the conflict of the movie was like what her headspace is like was all set up very well. Mm-hmm. You know, like it wasn't just being provocative to be provocative like Mm -hmm. it 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 evokes something in you when you're watching it especially the last the last 20 minutes like i said earlier has some insane imagery especially when um she puts the knife through his hand And like he just drags his hand through the door as the knife is cutting it open, and then for the rest of the movie, his entire like arm is just like split in half, like he's like a fucking squid monster or something. I don't know. I love horror movies. and it looks awesome,
1: but I'm just so squeamish when it comes to things
0: like that. Yeah, Um, me me too. That got me. I was like, I was like, oh, uh, and he's pulling it out of the the mail slot. Oh my goodness! I saw it by myself, so I had like nobody around me to be like, ugh. I just had to like.
1: Was anybody in the theater with you?
0: Yeah, there were a few people. Oh, okay. And they were mostly, like, I saw it at, like, 1 o'clock at, like, this small, like, at, like, a pretty small Regal in Conne- okay. Connecticut, because uh, I was home that week. And it was just, like, three, like, old people. <laughs> <laughs> and they all walked out of the movie and be like, what? Like, <laughs> um, but i'll tell you what man the the line at the movie theater for the popcorn wasn't saying because it was all like 80 year old ladies going to see the new <laughs> downton abbey movie oh my god! it was goodness. like you know they all go to the movies at one <laughs> o'clock because they can't stay at past four so <laughs> i was like oh god i was like i got there like 10 minutes early i still like made it in after the trailers had started because um and i love going to the get there early to see the trailers um and I got there after the trailer started because the, the old ladies were so slow getting the popcorn. They're like, <laughs> can I get popcorn? And the woman at the thing would be like, do you want butter? And she'd be like, "Ah, uh, ah, uh, <laughs> sure. And then they'd be like, and your soda? She'd be like, what do you have? Be like, Coke, no, Sierra Mist. Like, and this was every single old person in that <laughs> line. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, mo- movie theaters, I mean... They have got to got to take with what we get with
1: with people going to the movies now. So I
0: guess that's true. I'm just happy people are going to the movies. Yeah. Um I'm but, really
1: I'm just curious what compels an 80-year-old person to see Alex Garland's new movie.
0: Well, the people in Men were 80. They okay. Were like maybe okay. like 50s or 60s. Okay. Um the people seen down Abbey were in their <laughs> 80s, yeah. Um which I will not be going to see cuz I've never seen the TV show and I don't care. Um <laughs> But yeah, I guess we're both positive on Men cool the movie. We have to get to the main event for this week. Top Gun.
1: 30 plus years of service. Combat medals, citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet you can't get a promotion, you won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. should be at least a two-star admiral by now yet here you are captain what is that it's one of life's mysteries sir
0: i'm going to play the uh the the, the song right here <laughs> Because, uh, I just, it it gets me so nostalgic and so hype every single time. I love
1: how they just got it out of the way. They just
0: played the most nostalgic songs, like, three, like, back-to-back-to-back in the the beginning. Yeah, they played the old score. Mm -hmm. They play Danger Zone, um, like, right off the bat. And it, it opens with, you know, the opening credits are just the opening credits for the first film. Basically just shot a little bit differently with Danger Zone. And... I I can't lie. It got it got me it got me emotional. I was like I was like we're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> Top motherfucking gun. Um been waiting for this movie for like 3 years cuz it was supposed to come out in 2019. Then it got delayed. For, I didn't know that. Then it got delayed for reshoots and then COVID happened so it got delayed again and then again and then again. And now it's finally here. Um did you see the Mission Impossible trailer beforehand? Did did you uh not, did they not show it in your theater? I don't think so. Damn. Because, uh, have you watched it? I have not. Have you seen the other Mission Impossible so movies? So, I, I,
1: I'll be honest, I've seen one, but I have no idea which one it was. Because I saw it in theaters when I was probably in middle school. But, I remember thinking it was cool. I don't know, I remember... Probably being... Rogue
0: Nation. Okay. Yeah, the fifth one. Okay. Um, Rogue Nation is great. Uh, they're, they're all great except for two. Um. How many are there now? Like, nine? Six. Seven, six? Okay. Yeah. Um I have the entire box set on my shelf here actually you can see it up there it's the gray box. We're recording in my bedroom because um <laughs> we don't have a- I don't have access to the library over the summer since I'm not taking summer classes so we can't use like the recording studio so if the audio is a little bit off compared to what you're used to that's why but um you know we'll see maybe we can get get a better setup for the rest of the summer so we'll work on that but this is what we're working with now. I'll do my best to make it sound good in editing. Um yeah, but Top Gun Maverick. I mean, dude, seeing the Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson logo beforehand, even that got me excited. Like I don't think I've seen that in front of a new movie since like National Treasure 2. You know what I mean? Like even that that got me excited. Um the lightning hitting the tree and everything. Um Are we are, like, are we doing spoilers?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, you can so do spoilers. So did you think he died at the ending? Like Tom Cruise when he when he saved the uh, Miles Teller? Were you did like I is think- this it? Did I think
0: he was going to die? Yeah. Um, I'd say deep down, probably not. Cause I can't remember the last time Tom Cruise died in a movie, but I thought maybe there was a chance. I thought they might do like a kind of Han Solo force awakens type thing, you know? Um, and I actually compared this movie to the force awakens in my review. And I've been hearing that as a comparison point from a lot of critics. Cause it's, it's just too similar. No, it's not that because it's too similar to the original. It's like, how the way that they bring the characters back and the way that they okay. establish conflict, like in the original Top Gun, it's like Maverick is like plays by his own rules. He doesn't care about anybody's safety or whatever. And Iceman's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta like chill out. You gotta, you know, a, a obey the laws of aviation. So like, um which actually it's funny looking back that like Iceman wasn't like really a prick. He's just like I care about safety, man. I care <laughs> about safety. Like he wasn't even a jock. Um And then. In the new one, it's, like, now Maverick's the guy that, like, cares about the rules and whatever. And, like, he's trying to keep um, Goose's son safe or whatever. And then, like, in The Force Awakens, it's, like, Han Solo used to be the skeptical guy who didn't care about the Jedi or the Force or anything. And then in The Force Awakens, he's the one teaching them all this and, mm. like, getting them to believe in it, you know? Like, it's kind of, like, that shift in dynamic for the characters. So, like, that, I think that's probably the most... the way it's, like, The Force Awakens. Um, but... Uh, I think the movie's just really well constructed, and it's doing amazing at the box office. It's already made 125 million dollars. Yeah, I saw it's gonna days. be the most successful Memorial Day like weekend ever of all time. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And uh, Cruise's number one opening weekend ever too, which is also kind of crazy. I think it doubled Mission Impossible: Fallout's opening weekend. Um, so this movie's making a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Everybody, pretty much everybody I know, has gone to see it or has plans to see it, which is almost never the case nowadays with movies. So, I mean, people are loving it. It has, like, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 99% audience score, A-plus cinema score, which is, like, one of those ones where they, like, you know, like, survey people as they're coming out of the theater if they liked it. And usually when all those things are doing really well, I it mean, it's going to have great legs. So, I think it's going to, like, it's going to be playing the whole summer, and people That's are dope. still going to be seeing it, I think. Um, and it looks especially great. I saw it for the first time last Tuesday in, like, one of those um, early preview screenings. In IMAX. That's the Regal uh, yeah. hookup, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the Regal hookup. Um, so, it's on IMAX uh, on Tuesday night, with a couple friends, and we really enjoyed it. And then on Saturday night, um, I went to see it again by myself, just to take notes for the review that's coming out later this week. Um, and, or today, as you're hearing this. Um, and I, I loved it again. I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, it doesn't,
1: I, doesn't try to do too much, and what it does do,
0: it's great at, so... I yeah. think that's, that's pretty much all you need with an action movie nowadays, so... Yeah. I, th- I think that the strongest point is, like, how self-aware it is, like, the script is. Like, I wrote this in, in my review. I'm going to say this before I say everything <laughs> um, during this conversation. But, like, M- Christopher McQuarrie, who has co-written the recent Mission Impossible films, also co-wrote this. And, like, the whole idea is that, like, Maverick is haunted by the guilt of, you know, Goose's death and, like he feels like he needs to protect his son and like, but like his son doesn't feel like he needs protection. And it's very reminiscent of the mission impossibles where it's like in the first movie, his entire team dies in like the first 10 minutes. And like, you never really hear it about it again. And then like in the fourth, fifth and the sixth movie, like he keeps giving up the mission to like save his team or whatever. And like, he's very clearly like traumatized by these things that happened to him, um, in the past. And I think it's, top gun maverick is really smart about being faithful to the characters without being like too winky at it the way it's winky is like at the audience you know it's where it's yeah like, i mean it's got all the the one-liners and the the music everything yeah but like i mean the way it's winky or cheesy is in like um one of my favorite lines of movies Eddie Harris, where he's like the yeah, end is inevitable, inevitable Maverick. maverick your time is for, for extinction. Station. And Tom Cruise just looks at the camera and goes, "Not today, so sorry. No, that not today. Not today. And it's like <laughs> the
1: the, the face—the yeah. only face they got—or whatever.
0: Yeah, you may like. He may as well have just been like, "I'm the only guy that will still make big movies like this that aren't like some franchise bullshit." You know, mm-hmm. like that are practical effects. Like he's basically winking that at the audience, like, uh, like i your i your last hope, like when um they're like you have to do this Maverick when he's testing out the Mach Ten and he's like he's like, Yes, but I know what happens to everybody else if I don't and it's just like when he um I heard this point made on uh The Big Picture, another podcast that I listen to, and I think Max listens to as well. Um they were talking about this movie and they basically said like him saying that is like when they were shooting Mission Impossible seven in like Italy or whatever during COVID And he's like, goes on that whole rant about people not wearing their masks or whatever, that like went viral on Twitter. I'll actually play the clip right now, just a little bit of it. We are the gold standard. You're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe
1: in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every studio at night. Insurance companies, producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies.
0: We are creating thousands of jobs, you Like, he's basically just saying that, like, you know, if our, if we can't make practical blockbusters anymore, if, you know, we don't take, like, COVID and all this seriously, then, like, the movie business is going to fail, you know? Like, he really, like, feels the weight, the importance of, like, his persona and the effect it has on the industry. And you definitely feel that top gun maverick and it's in a way that where i think a lot of like of cruise's movies over the last like 20 years ever since like the scientology stuff happened and like all the katie holmes the like, scientology like, stuff yeah and all the katie holmes stuff like obviously that has really like hurt his image in a lot of ways and as a result he stopped doing like romantic comedies like jerry Maguire because he realizes that like people are gonna, he's like a little bit too intense now people aren't going to take him seriously being like that um and i think that that baggage can sometimes hurt her performance but it's like with what's been going on recently, that baggage, I think, adds to this performance. No,
1: I think so, definitely. Um, yeah, I just thought it was it's a cool movie. And it really successfully pulled on the heartstrings. Because, I mean, I asked you, you know, did you think he was going to die? I mean, I kind of thought, like, oh, this is the send-off for Tom Cruise and, and Top Gun or whatever. And then, I mean, it wasn't. And then yeah. Miles Taylor didn't die either. But, I mean, I mean, even, even the fact that I uh, believed that for, you know, maybe five seconds was I uh, i don't know i feel like that that points to the the emotional sort of core of this movie that i thought was uh really
0: effective yeah i think like i always go back and forth on this a little bit because on one hand you kind of need char- like main characters to die sometimes to kind of like make the movie feel a little more important feel like the stakes are real but also and because you want to subvert expectations you know like you don't want people to go into the movie knowing how it ends or feeling how it ends and but I don't even I don't think that doing that just because it quote unquote subverts expectations or surprises you that doesn't always mean it's the most satisfying way for the movie to end. And even though he didn't die, and I feel like maybe you could be like, oh well, that kind of cheapens the action or whatever. I, no, I, feel, I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't think so, so. at all. Yeah, I and, don't
1: think so because I mean, if he dies, you don't have the F fourteen ending where they're they're you know lifting off and all the all the crazy stuff. So
0: yeah, it's it wouldn't be as satisfying if yeah. he died. Like it is a better movie with. The way it ends than mm-hmm. if you were to like do some awkward funeral for maverick and oh my god this is, like that would just feel cheap like they already that, had that it with, doesn't uh, feel in line with the character yeah they
1: already had a funeral scene with um ice so yeah exactly
0: yeah oh by the way the val kilmer performance in this low-key great wait so i don't remember why is his why is he typing Oh, well that's cuz of his. He has a real life condition where he oh, okay. can't like really talk anymore. Okay. Um there's a documentary that came out about it last year that I really want to watch called Val. Um narrated by his brother, I think. It's just all about like his career and his life and kind of the medical issues he's been battling with the last uh, couple years um that have made it like a little hard for him to still act and like support himself financially and I think it's really interesting. But like you could tell that like he really enjoyed being in maverick and giving this performance so no, they sure. do it in a really um in a really poignant way
1: no i thought so too i was just wondering if that was set up in the first movie and i just missed it or something so no no it's
0: okay. just a real life thing that they wrote into okay. the okay um but yeah e- even having him type on a computer to talk like it's still a good performance because he mm-hmm. sells it you know mm-hmm. um so i was i was impressed by that scene it got me a little choked up both times i went to see it um I think this is one of Cruz's better performances in a while. I mean, since probably like War of the Worlds in like two thousand five, which is, in my opinion, one of his best. Um, he
1: really sells the
0: the old guy still
1: got it. Yeah, exactly. The uh, the scene where he where he's where he's showing him, oh, it can actually be done. I mean, everyone knew he was gonna be successful. Everyone knew he was gonna do that. But, I mean, it's
0: still like, oh, damn, he really does got it. Yeah, but the way you, the the reason why you feel that is because like, you can tell he's actually in an F. 18 18 or whatever you know if mm-hmm. you don't feel like he's actually flying the plane if it just looks like you know cgi crap mm-hmm. then like it doesn't have that same power and then you just feel like oh this is cheesy but because like the sound in the theater and like the big screen is like just whip you just feel the plane whipping past you it's like damn that was awesome you no, know yeah yeah for sure um so I, I encourage everybody to see this if you haven't yet, if you're listening on the biggest screen you can. Um IMAX, RPX, Dolby, um, any of those like bigger screen formats are great for it. Um But it it's definitely gonna be like an all time rewatchable for me where I just I just throw it on like whenever I'm bored. Um I'm probably gonna get the get the four K as soon as it comes out. Um it's already like it's it's probably gonna go down because this type of stuff like always debuts higher than it stays but it's number 169 on the um letterbox top 250 right now which is very <laughs> surprising because uh, knowing letterboxd that's always people complaining about people like tom cruise um but yeah i think this really cements his his hold on being like the the biggest movie star the fact that this movie opened to such a huge opening and that like yeah he still got it but like this is kind of the first movie where he lets himself be be an old guy you know Mm -hmm. like he still quote-unquote got it and he can still do the action but like everybody's telling him about how old he is and stuff and you never get that in a mission impossible movie you know if he he was trying to be like oh i'm the i'm still the young gun i still got it like i'm still the best then like yeah that would that would be a bad movie but because he kind of has to be the elder statesman like uh it works a lot you know
1: the uh the most uh visceral stunt i thought he did it was just uh lowering from the from the window when he jumps down because like yeah, um, yeah yeah i was like yo oh shit like <laughs> my back hurt watching him do that yeah that's and I, a funny moment no i i just thought it was so funny they got like the the teenager trope of jumping out and he's what like
0: 45 some 50 doing it I yeah that. <laughs> that was really good um speaking of that scene jennifer connelly also great in this movie um she's always great um classic when is she bad similar vein, John Hamm. Just killing it. No, I love it. Uh, Glenn Powell as Hangman, I loved. Uh, he's really fun. Uh, I watched um, Everybody Wants Some, the Richard Linklater movie, earlier this week, and he's in that. He plays a pretty big role in that movie, and um, also great in that. I'm definitely going to see some more stuff he's in. I hope he's in more interesting movies, because I think he's a low-key and underrated actor. Um, Miles Teller, I think, does a good job playing kind of the young apprentice it's he, kinda...
1: he really can't catch a break with the instructors that just hate his guts and care for him <laughs> i mean that's all i could think yeah. of. i was like damn this kid... i guess
0: uh i guess jk simmons and whiplash is a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit different kind of intensity but uh i think both him and Cruz both both challenge him in different <laughs> ways mm-hmm. um you just can't catch a break yeah so yeah i i, I love the cast all around low-key mvp of the movie is bob every time bob was on screen i died laughing he's just so funny um mvp for me is malice taylor's uh, mustache just love it dude it makes him look so much like anthony edwards it's crazy like it, even the shape of his head looks like anthony edwards and top gun need more just weird kind of porno
1: stashes in movies yeah
0: nowadays honestly it's it's what's missing mm-hmm. you, you've got
1: one <laughs> i know exactly i'm
0: representing i'm representing uh I I I can't really grow that unfortunately. <laughs> um maybe I could if I tried, but this is like I'm not pe- going this is like like peach skin. You better be able to grow this. Yeah. I'm I'm I've been growing out my hair, so um Okay. Oh, big news. Uh I got a Snapchat from Stephen uh the other day and uh Oh, he's also repping the the porno stash. Yeah, but he's got a shaved head now. Oh, what? Yeah. That so is So, anybody that follows his podcast on like twitter or instagram and sees our posts of like behind the scenes pictures and knows what steven looks like i literally was like who the hell is this kid what he sent me a wow. snapchat with a shaved head those, those internships can't publish content it's got to shave the head that's pretty <laughs> that's like, hardcore yeah, it's like full metal jacket over yeah there. <laughs> so I, I don't know we'll, we'll see what that looks like in the fall if he's gonna grow it out again but I was just so taken aback when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" I I don't even think you responded to my text when I said, "What'd you do to your hair?" <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, any other thoughts on Top Gun Maverick? I mean, it's it's, it's my sweet. it's my movie of the year so far. Um, I think yours is Men, right? Uh,
1: no, it's Northman. Okay. which is I mean, uh, I don't know. It's kind of the year of the action movie because I mean, Northman Ambulance, uh, Top Gun. Yeah, I mean, all great. I don't know, I'm just uh I guess I'm a bit more pretentious with the Northman. I prefer my action and the weird archaic museum curator flavor. Just the Vikings. <laughs> I don't know. I I was just really sad that movie flopped, but yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen Northman, just go see it. It's just such a cool action movie.
0: Yeah, unfortunately I don't think it's really in theaters anymore already. Oh okay. But um I'm sure it's coming out on Yeah, it'll DVD be Directed D V D, whatever, streaming. Check it out. Cool movie. Yeah. Um that's gonna do it for us. Um, thank thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking cruise. Um, actually, really quick before we go, um, I just wanna, I just wanna run down the uh, my favorite cruise performances. Do you have okay. do do you have a list of of your favorites? Um, I I
1: I don't. I know you you called me out for not watching the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, so, I did. Uh, I have you, know, I'll have to I'll have to check that off my list.
0: I think honestly. Looking at this, I don't think you've seen many of these movies. I don't think you're much. You've seen many Cruise movies. Mm-mm. Magnolia. Mm-mm. I mean, that's the one that I don't know. The runtime just
1: throws me off. But I've been meaning to watch Magnolia for at least like two years now. So so good, and he's so good
0: in it. Respect the cock. I'm not gonna do the next line. <laughs> um, but his performance is so funny. Um, Jerry Maguire, great. Born on the Fourth of July, incredible. Eyes Wide Shut, great. War of the Worlds, great. Collateral, A Few Good Men, Edge of Tomorrow, Color Money, Vanilla Sky. It's my top ten. And honestly, he deserves at least two Oscars in there. Jerry Maguire and Magnolia, I think, easily are Oscar Has he been nominated ever? He's, he was nominated for Jerry Maguire, okay. Magnolia, and Born on the Fourth of July. Okay. So he has three nominations, no wins. I don't think he was nominated for Rain Man. Because Dustin Hoffman won Best Actor for Rain Man, but I think... I don't know if he got nominated for Supporting. I don't think he did. But, like, he's also a lead. So, like, you know, honestly, he's better than None of those nominations were,
1: like, pre-any of the weird stuff he did, right? All three of them were. Yeah, that's what he meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I meant post, but... I'm hoping that... Do you think he ever, like, gets nominated again just because of that weird (sighs) stuff? I feel like the caddy would just be, like... Okay. So,
0: he turns 60 in July. mm Mm-hmm. And Mission Impossible 7 and 8 are theoretically the last two in the franchise at least with him um they're called dead reckoning part one and part two um i think after the mission possibles are done if he wants to he should get like a king richard type thing where he just no no i don't know i mean that like a legacy award thing i feel like that's he he could he could bullshit his way to a legacy award with a king richard but (laughs) I don't want him to do that he's I'm... better than that he doesn't need to take some dumb boring biopic no, I, <laughs> and I like King Richard but like he doesn't need to do that type of movie to win his Oscar okay. like, he needs to get back with PTA or Scorsese or one of these like big auteurs he worked with in like the 80s and 90s cause like he went from working with Michael Mann to PTA to Cameron Crowe to um Scorsese to Spielberg like he he hit all the big directors um in that run and i think he needs to get back to doing that and do some like weird interesting parts in his 60s and 70s and then maybe He's got to do his,
1: He's got to do the indie movie thing now cuz i mean those guys I even mean, even as big as they are i mean shoot i mean scorsese is having trouble funding his movies so
0: yeah well that's not true it's just that they're streaming services that are yeah out. but he still has like a 300 million dollar budget for killers of the flower yeah. moon so i wouldn't say he's having trouble i
1: mean didn't he have <laughs> trouble uh, getting irishman off the road or off the uh
0: for a while but that's just because the movie was going to cost like 250 million because of the special effects because he wanted to do the the de-aging yeah. and yeah, i don't i just, just don't think the technology was there yet it's probably just him more more picky than yeah but yeah. oh god the de-aging in that movie talk I, about that i think it looks pretty good for the most part except for the curb stomp scene is the one time it looks that bad. that's
1: what i was gonna bring up but oh no i don't want to go on another tangent. we have
0: we have a channel on our slack called uh TD, <laughs> tdg irishman memes because everybody <laughs> in our newsroom would always make fun of me for being like oh if you want to be a movie nerd like no sit down and watch three and a half hours of the irishman most boring movie of all time so i added everybody who Makes movie jokes into this channel called Irishman Memes. And like, <laughs> I was talking about like best fight scenes or whatever. And Max posted the video of Robert De Niro curb stomping the the grocer. Yeah, ra- raising <laughs> his leg like not even an inch. Yeah, because <laughs> he can barely like make it up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, De Niro, when he was on stage during the Godfather like section of the Oscars this year, looked good. He yeah. looked pretty good for his age. Yeah. He looked good in Joker. Like, He's been doing stuff lately. He's kind of having a little, a little comeback. Um, Looking
1: forward to him and *Killers of the Flower Moon*.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be great. *Killers of the Flower Moon* is gonna be awesome. Um, Jesse, hopefully, Jesse hopefully. Plemons in the lead, Leo and uh, Robert De Niro supporting. Like, can't ask for more. Hopefully, it comes out this year. We'll see. Yeah, I hope it comes out this year too. *5000*. Oh well, but I feel like we've been waiting for it for so long. Even though it's only been any, like three any years one of those, the, the, the or the.
1: Just one of those, please. The Bomback, the the Fincher, the Scorsese. One of those got to come out this year. Yeah. Please.
0: I think the Bomback definitely will. Okay. And I think Fincher definitely will. That's good. Scorsese is the one I'm like a little... uh, I don't know. But like... I don't want to change I don't know if Killers of the Fire Moon has wrapped... No, they've wrapped filming, I think. But that's definitely... There's going to be more special effects and stuff in that that I think... More post-production than the other two. Yeah, I think so. But White Noise is weird because this is kind of Bomback's first like not just people in a room talking thing. Cause like I've read a little bit of that book and like, it's definitely, there's some parts to it that are going to need some like special effects, you know? So like him actually working with that and kind of doing set, weird. set pieces for the first time is going to be interesting. Um, same, same thing with, I guess Fincher's movie will have some special effects, but he's usually very efficient. And I think Netflix said they're aiming for fall release date for that. So I, I feel pretty confident they'll hit that. Um, if yeah,
1: Fincher always does cool stuff, with special effects. With the Fight Club, with the where he's going through the buildings. And then with the, all the cool stuff in um, Zodiac with all those cool shots of San Francisco, so
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah.
1: Oh right, yeah, so keep your eye out, keep your eye out for, for those reviews. Keep your eye out for news. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, I don't. I can't remember my, my, my Twitter at right now. But <laughs> Just for, look up Max
0: White. Yeah. And
1: look for the guy with the really shaggy hair. <laughs> no, yeah. In the porn stash. <laughs> uh, breaking news in Columbia. I'll be tweeting about it. And, uh, I don't know, keep your eye out for free things to do. I'm hoping to do a couple more long-form stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to taking advantage of the summer. Yeah, you have a sub stack too, right? Uh, I do. I kind of am being lazy with that. But, um, I don't know, it's in the Twitter bio if you want to check out some of my... Some more political
0: coverage, but, uh, yeah. And I will be here, as always, uh, two weeks from now, on Wednesday, again, um, not sure what we'll be talking about. Uh, I think the new Jurassic World comes out, which oh, dear God. looks, like, looks awful, but, you know, that, that will make for a fun podcast, probably. Um, we'll probably talk about some non-movie stuff a lot more next time, just because, um, Despite it being the summer, Top Gun was kind of the big event of the first, like, section, so we've kind of covered that, and I don't... The next thing, I guess, would be... Thor? No, Elvis. Oh. Oh, God. Uh, I I don't know when how it's going to be... Uh, end of June. I don't know if it's going to be good, but I know it's going to be interesting. I don't know, I just...
1: I don't know. man. I'm just getting White Savior vibes from the trailer, and I
0: just don't know how the movie's going (laughs) to come out. White Savior? It's Elvis. It's just not like he's going to, like... uh, It's not like Dances with Wolves. He's not, like, going to lead an army of Native Americans.
1: In the trailer, where it's got the, like, uh, MLK assassination, and he's like,
0: we're going to do something, or whatever. So, I don't know. Um, Well, I would say that... Obviously, neither of us have seen the movie, so we can't speak on this. But I would say, in its defense, the whole thing with Elvis is, like, a lot of writing about Elvis people get mad at because, like, it doesn't acknowledge the fact that he took... He learned a lot about rock and roll, and kind of the biggest influence for his style was, like, African-American culture and music at the time. And this movie actually seems to be acknowledging that. Okay. So I would say that's probably actually a good thing. I hope so. Yeah. The Tom Hanks... uh accident is bad yeah <laughs> from the trailers at least it seems bad so i don't know <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that end of end of june beginning in july but we'll 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 hit you with some with some stuff next week got to think about what we're going to talk about who's going to be a guest but maybe we'll have some someone real special on that wants to talk about something uh kind of unique so we'll figure it out and we'll see you guys back here thank you for listening to the squawk have a good steven, one steven we miss you Rest in peace. <laughs> rip your rip your hair. Yeah. Uh, tweet at Stephen Pastis uh, what happened to your hair. Um, <laughs> and don't explain where you came from. Uh, so I hope he doesn't listen to the end of this, just so that he's surprised by that. Okay, we really got to end it for all this time. Thank you for listening. Bye. See you.